Do you want to become a better hockey player this summer with Paul Vincent Hockey? Since 1972, Paul Vincent, currently the head skills instructor of the Florida Panthers, has been developing NHL and college hockey players. Paul Vincent stands by his saying, there is always room for player development. Players such as Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Matt Grizzlick, Patrick Sharp, Adam Oates, and many more have trained with Coach Vincent and his staff and have outstanding results. Join Paul Vincent this summer at one of his four Massachusetts locations, Canton, Saugus, Middleton, and Falmouth on Cape Cod. Registration is now open for 2022 camps. To reserve your spot today, go to pvhockey.com or call 978-807-4070. That's pvhockey.com or call 978-807-4070. Paul Vincent is ready to get back to work this summer. Are you? Welcome to New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise Podcast, the podcast for serious hockey players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their hockey careers. And now, here is your host, New England Hockey Journal's Kirk Ludicky. Welcome to the New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Ludicky, and I am excited to be joined today by Dan Muse, head coach of the U.S. National Team Development Program Under-17 team. He is a Canton Mass guy, and he's done a lot of work uh, as, as at, at coaching at all levels, from prep to college to professional hockey with the National Predators, and now he joins us uh, from Michigan via Zoom, uh, at, where he is uh, at the National Team Development Program at USA Hockey Arena. Coach Muse, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thank you very much for having me on. So, yeah, let's, let's, get, let's get into it. How are things uh, with the team these days? I know it's, a, it's always an interesting time of year as you get toward the end of the season and you guys are, you know, you've, you've grown as a team and you're looking forward to maybe some international stuff and some of your players are going up and, and playing with the 18s. But just uh, what's, what's kind of the state of the affairs on the 17 team these days? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it, it's good. It's a, for me, it's an it's exciting time in that, you know, you're starting to see uh, – starting to see some things really coming together with this, uh, this group of players. This is my first year coaching uh, with the under 17 team. Um, last year was my first year working at the NTDP and I, and I came in uh, as the uh, under 18 coach. So I had a group of players that had already been here for a year. So to be able to see these guys going through, um, you know, coming towards the end of the, the first year of a two year process, it's exciting because it's a lot of hard work that they've been putting on, not just on the ice, but also in the weight room. Um, just coming together as a group and and you're starting to see it now in the games and and, and so it's exciting to see you know the, the guys practice different than they practice at the beginning of the year they're really starting to see kind of um, you know those practice habits and in the day-to-day um, you know they just push themselves here to another level and, and it's starting to translate on the ice and especially now just seeing it in the USHL play where at the beginning of the year things things are really hard. Um, they're younger than, uh, you know, everybody that we play against. Um, and, and they're going up as, you know, you know, very young men against basically men uh, in a lot of those games. And so um, those early games are difficult. And now you're starting to see uh, things turn where, you know, you have much more competitive games, starting to win more games, um, you know, and starting guys really starting to see uh, what it takes to compete, um, you know, against older players on a nightly basis. And and so that, that part of it's been exciting to see. And, um, you know, we, we have about a month left here uh, in regards to games, hopefully a little bit more, um, 
but you know this time of year is really fun in that 17 group yeah absolutely and I, we had the the privilege of of featuring young will smith of lexington mass on our january february uh magazine cover uh story and feature and i appreciate your assistance with that uh that story uh coach muse and and, and you know you, you just watch these guys grow and like guys like will and and others um that are that are on the team on that 17 team have gotten the opportunity to play with the older guys and 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 be a part of that dynamic and kind of maybe see what right looks like from guys that have that have had that year on them to be in the program and 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 to develop those habits you were talking about yep yeah no it's in this time of year especially i think you see it it, to varying degrees every year we we saw it last year as well you know at at times some of the players that that, um that are on the start of the year of the 17 group uh, you know might get an opportunity whether it's um, playing games playing multiple games staying up for stretches there with the u18 team and then learning from uh those older players those guys have been through that grind already for a year there's some huge benefits um for sure and and then on the flip side for those um for maybe players that aren't aren't getting that opportunity in their 17 year, there's big benefits for them because it's um, maybe, you know, they're, they're going into different situations. They're getting more ice, uh, whatever it might be um, due to that. And so on both sides of it, for players that do get those opportunities and for players that don't, um, we've really seen benefits uh, for the entire group for sure. Okay. Well, we're going to do, we're going to do a deeper dive into the, into the program and the national team, but before we do that, I mean, I want to kind of get into your background. Uh, and I mentioned it at the top of the of the podcast. You're you're a mass guy, Canton Canton High Bulldog. Uh, that's I mean, they, they came so close, and I had a chance to watch them play Gloucester in the semifinal, and then they you know, ultimately came up short against Tewksbury. But really, uh, really good run for the for the Bulldogs, and they've had a lot of success with championships in the in the recent years. Uh, uh, but how how was that? You know, playing playing uh, playing your hockey here in the, in the area and 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 how did it do for your your development in terms of the the, the steps you took uh, not only at high high school but then eventually playing a little prep and then and then going on to stonehill yeah no it's uh i'm a proud bulldog alum uh for sure you know i actually uh um, kind of by accident, I, uh, we had a weekend break here just recently and uh, a couple, couple weeks ago uh, where, you know, the players, uh, if they wanted to, they could go home. And um, I had an opportunity to take my, uh, my two youngest kids um, back to Massachusetts uh, and, and just to see my family. And so when I got picked up from the airport, I was driving by uh, the, the Canton Ponkapog rink and my favorite rink of all time. And they, they just opened up again there. It had been closed down for a couple of years. And so I decided to stop to show my two youngest kids, um, you know, the, the, the rink that, you know, I grew up playing high school hockey in. And then my wife's from Canton as well. So um, it, 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 uh, the rink's really, you know, to us special. Um, so we go in there and, the, and, the, and Canton High School was practicing. I got to see, um, you know, Brian Schumann, who I've known since, you know, whether he got started coaching there. Um, and uh, the team, it was pretty cool to be able to see, though, to be able to see that group getting ready there for another playoff game and uh, um, brought back a lot of memories for sure. And, and, and obviously really proud of those guys for how far they went, both both the boys and the girls, you know, both teams that are going to the right. state finals. I think what an accomplishment that is. And, um, you know, like go, great coaches there on both, um, uh, you know, the, the boys and the girls side. And um, really cool to see that program doing as, as well as it has. Um, you know, that, that's Canton and Canton, Canton hockey, Canton high school hockey. Obviously, it's something that it's 
really, you know, special to me. Um, you know, for me, my background was a little different than most. Like I didn't actually move to Canton until uh, eighth grade. So just before high school. And um, I grew up all over the country um, from Chicago to Worcester, Mass to uh, Northern California and actually started playing hockey in Alabama, um, you know, and uh, at about 11 years old. And so, uh, we moved uh, to Canton after I'd played hockey in Alabama for two years, and I was really behind the eight ball. I was I was uh, not very good at the time. I hadn't been playing very long, and um, you know Canton had you know a lot of great players, a lot of great coaches. Um, really, a, a, a town that I think prides itself a lot in its hockey, and has for a long time, and continues to. And so I was uh, definitely behind the eight ball when I got in there. And, um, you know, just getting the opportunity to, to play high school hockey was, was just a goal of mine that I really worked hard at, um, you know, especially from where I started. And um, Buddy Yandel uh, was the coach at the time, and he was just fantastic to me. I mean, just a, just an amazing uh, person and, and obviously uh, a great hockey family there in, in the Boston area. And so he, you know, I learned so much from him and, you know, he was just just great to me um, all throughout the years that I was at Canton high school. And, um, you know, I really loved the game a lot, uh, you know, even before I started playing on ice so in Northern California, I loved the game. I just wanted to be a hockey player. I wanted to play. Um, couldn't even play in California because there was no rinks. Finally get to play in Alabama. And then I moved to, uh, you know, a state that uh, has so much hockey. And, um, you know, that wasn't going to change. I was always going to love the game. But, you know, I thought, uh, you know, a guy like like Buddy Yandel and, and other coaches that I had even in Canton, just in youth hockey, who, you know, took the time to really um, – you know, teach me the game and, and, and kind of believed in me and uh, helped me along the way, you know, like it, that just, that just furthers a passion for the game, having people like that, you know, and I got a, I, I got a family too that, you know, grew up uh, my father's family, I had multiple uncles that played college hockey. And, you know, uh, again, you, you grow up around that some, but uh, just to have coaches like that in the youth programs and at the high school, um, you know, just, just not just great coaches, but just high, high quality humans, um, it just makes you, it gives you even more drive there to, to succeed and, and want to push yourself to be the best player that you can be. That's terrific. And we, we look at, you were able to, to go on and play college hockey from that. And so the, the growth in your game had to be just substantial in order to be able to, 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 to continue to climb the ladder as you did as a player. I wasn't a very good college player, but yeah, it helped me. I got there. It was, uh, I think that was my max potential, like to be able to play any level of D3 college. That was probably about um, from where I started, you know, that, that was going to be it. But I, I, again, it's, you know, I had great people in Canton. I had great people, you know, at Canton High, like Buddy Yandel. And then, you know, and then there was other people. I've just been so fortunate uh, that the people in this game, you know, and all people in that, um, you know, Canton area that, that helped me along the way. Um, you know, Ed Corain, who, uh, you know, Jack Corain is, it's Jack Corain's brother. Jack Corain was the captain of the 1960 Olympic team, but, um, you know, he grew up as my father's like uh, youth coach in Brookline, Mass. And then, so uh, coming up, my brother and I worked at Dexter hockey camp um, every summer and, and Ed was just great to me. He'd open that rink. He knew we loved the game. He loved, knew me and my brother uh, were passionate about it. He'd open the rink every morning for us before camp started. And we just get to go skate by ourselves. And like, those were some really big years and big summer for me um, because I was able to, you know, I think try to catch up. I had to catch up to other people that had been playing the game longer than me. And um, having somebody like that who, you know, uh, was looking out for me, it went just a really long way. And then and going into college hockey, I had, 
you know, two people that just made a huge impact on me. Um, you know, Scott Harlow uh, was a coach at, at Stonehill, and, um, you know, he gave me that opportunity and, and stuck with me, continued to believe in me and, and helped me uh, find a role on a team, um, you know, and, and eventually wear a letter form in my senior year. And then early on in that, too, I got connected um, through him with Paul Vincent, um, and uh, who's been a, a huge, huge, uh, not just, just, you know, supporter of mine as a player, but then also a, a friend and somebody I, I talk to constantly about the game now. Um, you know, Coach Vincent there, who's uh, been a NHL skills coach for multiple teams, has won a cup. Um, you know, I think one of the absolute best in the business is the best in the business. And he, uh, you know, you know, just from, you know, as a player, um, you know, I'm down skating at the Bridgewater Ice Arena with him and like, you know, he, he put, lets me skate with the pro group and lets me skate with the Division One players and he let me stay on the ice with them all day long and every summer I skated with him and I was, uh, you know, I really, that was an area I struggled with, um, whether it's just, you know, how I started the game later or, you know, maybe that's just how it was built, uh, I struggled with it and, and he really, he helped me where I think, you know, um, I was able to make, make the most out of my, you know, college experience and really work towards my full potential as a player. And, and again, it's somebody who I think saw somebody that worked hard and somebody who was passionate about the game. Um, and, and then really because of that, I think um, went out of his way to do a, a lot of extra with me. Um, and, you know, and he's still somebody I talk to all the time, um, see him every summer and, and he made a major impact, um, you know, for sure on me and, and continues to. Paul Vincent, a class act, a gentleman, and I would add a Rinkwise podcast sponsor. So uh, we've got did that. Did not know that. Yeah, he did not come <laughs> to see that. He doesn't know I'm on here. So that is the uh, – there you go. There's your sponsorship there. ad right there. I took care of it for you. You guys don't have to go to break and say a thing. I had no idea. So Coach Vincent, well. Coach Vincent, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Happy to help. Uh, that That's terrific. And then, you know, when, when your playing career ended, I, I noted you, you you quickly, I think, realized, hey, you, lo- you love the game so much much stick with it um got into coaching talk to us about how that that transition happened and how you ended up in uh, at milton academy under another Rinkwise podcast previous guest in paul canada yeah uh, so it's actually um it's funny how things work out it, so when i when i finished uh college my original plan was I was thinking about either trying to to become a lawyer or maybe become a police officer. I was a criminal justice major, so they kind of figured one of the two. And and so I was leaning towards trying to get into law school. And so that year after I um, I graduated, I uh, I ended up studying for the LSATs to go to law school. And and I wanted to coach at the time. I was coaching youth hockey. I think I was co- helping out with a. Uh, a team in Canton. Um, I think, I, I think it was my brother's team at the time. And then I think, uh, you know, I was at the same time starting to work, um, doing some, some work, at the, you know, skills program with Canton youth hockey. And, you know, I just need to study for the LSATs and wanted to coach them on the side. And I needed a, a, a job that would allow me to do that. And so my mother was a, uh, a speech teacher at the middle school, and, and she said there was a position uh, as a paraprofessional aide in the um, uh, special ed classroom at Canton High School, and and I ended up applying and getting that, so I, I was able to have health insurance. And and while I was doing that, I was originally supposed to be assistant coach or like a help out as an assistant at Canton High School. And um, right before the season got going, um, I was able to get connected with Paul Canada and uh, at Milton Academy, and he had an opening as for an assistant coach, and I applied. 
applied and interviewed and um, he ended up hiring me and, and so I got to do that and I kind of got my first taste of coaching um, full time with Coach Kanata. After I got into law school, um, I went to the open house and I got and I was going to go to uh, Suffolk Law and I decided I got out of the open house and I called my my folks. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to do this. This doesn't feel right. I really want to try to coach and, and teach full time. And so the following year, I ended up working for Coach Kanata for a second season. And I also, um, at the same time, was fortunate enough to get a position, a full-time position as a history teacher at Archbishop Williams. Um, and so at the time, now I wasn't a, I wasn't a uh, history major and I wasn't an education major, but I, uh, you know, was fortunate to get that position and I had to kind of teach myself uh, how to teach and that second year out of college was honestly I think that was kind of like for me the uh, biggest foundational year for me as a coach because it was my second year now working with um, you know at Milton Academy and and Paul Kanata is I think a a brilliant hockey mind the way he thinks about things the way he thinks about development thinks about the game I mean he's been uh, involved in USA hockey for a long time Um, and so you know, I got to the end of that year and I, I loved what I was doing, but I decided uh, as much as I love teaching, uh, I wanted to teach hockey uh, and I wanted to do it full time. And, and so I transitioned out of that year. But th- those two years were, I mean, for me to to be able to be around the people that I was um, with, you know, Paul Kanata at Milton Academy, some great people, some great teachers at Canton High School for a year, some great, unbelievable teachers at Archbishop Williams. And, um, you know, I, I think really helped me form uh, a lot of my, you know, things that I, I felt are really important in, in how you teach and how you work to develop um, people. And, and that's what we're doing in this game. You know, this hockey is a people business. We're developing people. So I, you know, w- was so fortunate to be in a setting where I was able to learn that early on. Yeah, no no question. And I think that obviously talking about your your experiences in the game and then also in the education side made you a natural fit to transition to, to the college game and where higher education, you know, and there's, there's, it's an even bigger challenge for the student athletes to balance their, their academic requirements with, with hockey and uh, you spend time at Williams, Sacred Heart, Yale, won a national championship uh, with, with Keith Elaine and, and uh, some, some guys at Yale that have gone on to, to be very successful as, as, as pro hockey players. Talk about, talk about that and just what the experiences at, you know, as a college coach, um, what that maybe that next step and that next level coaching put in your coaching toolkit to prepare you for what, what did lie ahead for you? I was really lucky <laughs> in terms of the places I got to go and the people I got to work with. Uh, you know, I had, uh, um, you know, right after working at um, Archbishop Williams and Milton Academy, uh, I got the opportunity to go to um, to Williams College for a year. And, you know, I think especially for, for any, any young coach, anybody who's looking to get into coaching, uh, you know, the Division Three to be able to coach there is one of the best things you can do, especially if you're an aspiring uh, college coach, because typically those staffs, you know, you have one assistant coach and you got to do a little bit of everything. You got to recruit. Um, you got to learn how to recruit. You got to you got to do video. Sometimes you got to learn how to do video and you got to kind of learn it on the fly. And then you get to coach. And a lot of times when you only have two coaches, that means you got a lot of responsibility. And so um, some of those positions and I've told other people that are looking, um, you know, just to get into coaching, especially the college side. I don't think oh, if there's a better way in terms of, you know, getting a, a you know, a high level experience. And then 
you know, to also when you, when you get a combination like I did to, to be able to get all those experiences, but then to be able to work under, um, you know, a, a really good mentor, uh, like I had it built with Bill Kangas. Um, you know, he's been doing it for a long time. Uh, you know, he's, he's seen a lot and he's also a guy who's always trying to kind of, um, stay on top of things. So what's new, what's coming up, um, you know, uh, really, really always looking for, for, you know, find different ways to evolve, um, for himself as a coach, he was just a great person to learn under. And, um, and so I got that year experience there at Williams ended up from there, getting an opportunity to work for Sean Hanna at Sacred Heart, uh, another great experience. And that was my first opportunity really at any level, both as player and coach to be involved in division one, um, hockey. And, and so, uh, after that first year, which, you know, I learned a ton from, uh, from him as well, uh, ended up, he ended up, um, deciding to re- to go in a different career path after that uh i guess it was a in the fall shortly before that second season was going to begin and in a kind of a strange turn of events after after a month um you know that they were going through that hiring process uh cj maritola gets hired from coming from yale which uh opened up an opportunity at yale and i was actually on a recruiting trip in british columbia and i got a uh uh, you know, it was, I got a call from, from CJ, uh, who had just got in the position there at Sacred Heart, uh, to talk. And then I, I think about a minute later here, I got a call from Kyle Wallach, who was the, uh, assistant coach, um, at Yale at the time, asking if I'd be interested in, in interviewing for the assistant position there and coming in and meeting with him and meeting with Keith Elaine. And I really didn't have a relationship with any of them, um, at the time, but, um, in a kind of a strange turn of events, I think sometimes when there's a coaching change like that, a lot of times people are, are worried that, you know, they may, uh, may be losing their job. And I was, I just, um, you know, my wife and I, my wife had just moved down. Uh, we had just gotten married that summer before. So, um, that was all new. She just got a teaching job in, in Connecticut and, uh, you know, she'd moved down from Boston. Uh, my, my wife, you know, and I, we met in high school and, and she's been kind of a part of this journey all along. So that's how we started a couple of months into, into our marriage of being, spending a month worried that we weren't going to you know, have a job. And then the next thing you know, I get a position uh, to go over to, to Yale and be an assistant coach for Keith Elaine. And so um, kind of a wild turn of events, uh, a wild, I guess, first few months of marriage. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and I mean, again, what an opportunity that ended up being for me. Wow. I mean, Keith Elaine, I, I would say, you know, outside of my own father, um, I don't know if there's anybody that I'm, I'm you know, closer with out there. Um, there's very few people. He's on a very short list. And um, in terms of like just learning from him, not just as a uh, as a coach, but also like, you know, for me, you know, just managing like being a, eventually it ended up being me learning from him to a lot of just how to, you know, how to work in this business as a as a as a father and as a husband too. my first two kids were born in New Haven. And like, he's just, you know, he's an unbelievable hockey coach. He's a brilliant hockey mind. Um, but he's also just one of the best human beings in the world. And, and like, to be able to see too, how he kind of managed the intensity of, of being a, you know, a coach, you know, at the college level. And he had already, he had coached, you know, in the national hockey league, he coached Olympics, like he's done basically everything. Um, but then also to see that balance that he has in his life and just how good of a person he is and how good of a father he is and, uh, and just how good he is to his whole family. Um, I think at that time in my life too, there probably wasn't a better person that I could learn from in that area, uh, you know, in addition to the hockey. And, and so there was a ton, you know, and our families are real close uh, and they continue to be to this day, but 
um, you know, those ended up being six years that I got an opportunity to work with him and, um, and other people that were there as well too, you know, um, you know, while I was there, my first two years, um, you know, I, I, it was still relatively new to the recruiting and I got to work with Kyle Wallach and, and learned a ton from him in regards to kind of what that takes at the college level. Um, you know, who's, who's an excellent recruiter and, you know, him and CJ Maritolo, I mean, they recruit a lot of guys that were on that national championship team, a lot of the key guys and um, to be able to learn from them and some of the, you know, see what they did. It was incredible experience in my second two years there. In addition to working with Keith Elaine, um, also had the opportunity to be uh, working with Red Gendron. And, you know, those those two years, um, you know, the second of which we were we were fortunate enough to be a part of a national championship were they were incredible. I mean, uh, Red was just another just, you know, I guess in, in terms of you know, guys that I've coached with, you know, that made an impact. Um, you know, he's on a short list of people that have just been where he was so um influential for me and in my life and uh, the way he also kind of took me under his wing and believed in me as a coach and um, and helped me develop you know you when you win a championship like you, there's an automatic bond that's in play that you know you, you got something that you got you're always going to have uh, for the rest of your lives with that whole group uh, staff and players and so those, those were you know a really special two years there my coaching and um, you know to 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 finish that off with that staff too, that we had with the national championship was uh, yeah, that's always going to be one of my I think favorite memories for sure. New England hockey journals, rink wise podcast will return after this message. Do you want to skate fast? For 50 years, Laura Stam instructors have taught youth players to pros how to skate correctly, powerfully, and fast. Players who attend Laura Stam power skating programs learn how to skate fast by learning how to execute every maneuver in hockey. They become powerful, stable, efficient, and explosively fast skaters. If you can't wait for a clinic, join our subscription skills video service and we'll show you the skills taught at our clinics in an easy-to-use video format with training plans to guide your training. Register or subscribe now at laurastam.com. That's L-A-U-R-A-S-T-A-M-M dot com. Catch the Sacred Heart University Pioneers on the ice this season. The Pioneers Division I men and women's hockey programs will not disappoint. Season ticket packages and individual tickets are on sale now at sacredheartpioneers.com. And opening in 2023, Sacred Heart University's Martiri Family Arena, a brand new 122,000 square foot premier skating facility in Fairfield, Connecticut. Learn more at sacredheartpioneers.com. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students can earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. I think 2013 had to be a magical year in the Dan Muse life of Dan Muse. I mean, you, you win a national championship, and then you also were part of a gold medal at the uh, World Junior 
championship for Team USA. Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah, no, I saw that year started off. I had Keith, uh, Keith Elaine had worked, I think it was, it was either the World Junior before, or maybe it was two before as a, uh, as the uh, the head coach when they were up in Buffalo. So I can't remember it was just that year before. It might have been two years before. And I had talked to him about it, just saying, you know, if there was ever an opportunity, um, you know, I'd do anything, you know, whatever I could possibly do to be able to help, like go in there, like I'll do anything if, you know, there's somebody that can, uh, you know, I, I thought maybe doing the, you know, if, if I could get an opportunity to come in there as a video coach and, and just basically do whatever they needed from me, I just wanted to be a part of it. You know, I wanted to be a part of just that idea of getting to represent your country on that international stage. And so, you know, he told me to keep it in mind. And, um, you know, when that opportunity presented itself, uh, Phil Housley was the coach and Phil had been on uh, on key staff there the last time he'd been on. And uh, so he, he reached out um, to, I think, to, to both Phil and to Jim Johansson, um, you know, and, and just brought it up as an idea. If, you know, this was a position that you needed filled, um, you know, he kind of spoke on my behalf and then ended up being uh, becoming a reality and getting an opportunity to go on that staff. And, um, you know, yeah, it was uh, it was something that kind of for me coming up as a coach, it was one of those things that you always had in the back of your mind. It's like, if this could ever happen, if I could ever get that opportunity to represent my country, you know, in an international tournament, whatever it might be, um, it was just always something that I had hoped, you know, maybe there, you know, I'd be able to work my way into having that as, as a reality someday. And, um, you know, to be able to do it the way, you know, like that, you know, is that really truly that first time is with the international experience. Um, yeah, it was incredible. And it was a great group of players, uh, a really special group. You look at how many of those guys have had, you know, the careers that they're having now in the National Hockey League. Um, great coaching staff, um, you know, just an experience. When you're in those things, you know, like between the summer camps that you do, which are a couple of weeks and at the time we used to do, we did that summer camp in Lake Placid um, to the tournament itself. That tournament was in Ufa, Russia. Um, you know, while the tournament you're gone for, I don't know, maybe it's like a three weeks, three plus weeks, you know, it, you know, you gain like, you know, it feels like, like three times that much in terms of the experience that you have, because you're there, you're together every single day. I mean, you're talking hockey every single hour of every single day. And um, Tim Taylor, um, with the former Yale coach was working for USA hockey and he essentially kind of helped put that, he was the main person kind of putting that team together. And so um, while I, you know, was currently working at Yale. Um, I had never worked with him at Yale just for Keith Elaine and didn't know him great, but I got to spend a ton of time with him um, during that. You know, he would watch every week because we pre scout every game. We watched every game together. And um, uh, and Coach Taylor is just an incredible human. And, and just to be able to spend that much time with him, um, you know, and, um, you know, it was shortly afterwards. It was that spring after we won the World uh, World Juniors that, uh, that he passed. But, you know, I really I think that's going to be one of the things that really stands out was that staff together, too, led by uh, Phil Housley. Um, you know, being able to spend as much time as we did together and just, you know, the amount that you learn and, and that, the way that group came together, too, to win a gold medal. Uh, I mean, yeah, well, what a, what a first international experience that was. And um, then to come back for it and uh, to, to, you know, be a part of a national championship right after it was a, it was a really special year. My wife and I always joke around like, she's like, you're not going to have another year like that. And those two experiences were great. It wasn't even the best thing that happened to me that year. My, my oldest, my, uh, my daughter Fiona was born that year. So uh, there you go. We're awesome. But and, they still and, don't, and, uh, 
still wasn't even the best thing that happened. So. Mom and mom is smiling right now. Listen to this. Yeah. She listens to this podcast because you just hit it out of the park there, Coach. You, you got you got your priorities right. So, uh, Johnny Goudreau, Jacob Truba, JT Miller, Seth Jones, Jimmy Vesey, Ryan Hartman, Sean Corrali, Mike Riley, of course, Shane Gostaspair, and, of course, Johnny Gibson and Nett. Not a surprise that team won a gold medal when you, when you just rattle off those names. But what what did you learn? I mean, you know, players. We always focus on what players learn from coaches. But what did you learn from guys like that that were on that team from just being on that team and watching those kids operate and come together like they did? No uh, resiliency. I mean, I think it's a common denominator on a lot of championship teams. But you know that team, that group lost uh, that that group lost a couple of games early in the tournament, you know, and, and it was good for us too. You saw that it was good, um, but, you know, and I guess it wouldn't be that early, but, you know, lost to Canada, lost to Russia. And, and the way the guys kind of that focus level, you know, that next day, that belief in, in each other, that belief that, you know, while, you know, they weren't going to let a couple losses, you know, get anybody down. And you could see as that tournament went on too, um, you know, that that just kept that, that early um, resiliency that they had, and it just built into more and more belief. And you know, they thought the group really came on; it was playing its best hockey every game. You know, down the stretch, and so you know, guys individually turning it on in key moments, key games. Um, yeah, it's it, it was a really you know it was a good group, but you just saw that that climb and that progression as that tournament went on and. And I, I thought honestly that a couple couple little bumps in the road and wasn't even like it was you know you know played bad hockey. It was just hey, there's other good teams out there too, and the way they were able to bounce back from that um, and stay with it and, and find their best hockey there, you know, in the medal round was was pretty pretty great to see. So with all the things you've you've seen, and I mean, we're going to kind of jump ahead a little bit just because I mean you are the under seventeen coach for the national team development program, and we've got we've got to. We've got to give that the proper treatment. So, you know, with all the things you've seen, you know, now you're, you're, you say you're in your second second year of the program. Last year, you're on the you're with the 18 team. So many of those guys were drafted to the NHL. Uh, this year, um, you know, the, the 18 team, you know, they'll be drafted, and, and your guys, your guys are the 05s. So their time in the sun will be, you know, for from an NHL perspective, will be in 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 2023. But just just takeaways and i guess first of all i gotta give a lot of credit to the people that are out there uh uh you know that are that are valuing spend all the time here led by kevin Ryder, and, uh, and if not right now um we got brent darnell and rod braceful was here last year but those guys put in so much work to to make sure you kind of you find guys that have those you know not just the skill set not just the things that kind of pop off the page when you go into a rink and see these players play but you know that they got those some other attributes within themselves too, that we feel like, you know, they feel like are going to be able to help them have success in, in a setting like this. And I think, um, I, I think some big things that, you know, I've seen is just kind of that, that day to day, like the, the being able to kind of go from day to day and really push towards, you know, excellence. And it's not, it's an easy thing to say, and it's a really hard thing to do because you get tired, you know, you, you get through a season. Like it's, we put these, these guys go through a lot here on the weight room. Um, 
you know, and on the ice and just the academics, uh, you know, they, there's a lot that's asked of them. And so for those guys that can really find a way here to just attack each day um, and if they hit a bump in the road and things, things don't go well or they're not at their best in a certain game or a certain practice, they're able to just bounce right back here and, and really attack that next day and say, well, that wasn't me. I'm going to be, I'm better than that. I can be more than that. I know that wasn't me. I'm going to be, I'm going to find excellence today. And it's, Again, it's, I think it's something that's one of those cliche terms that you hear coaches throw around all the time, but it's true. I mean, there's a reason it's a cliche. It's like it's a hard thing to do to every single day when you're tired, when you're, you know, not feeling at your best, when the dog days of winter are on top of you, to, to find a way to get in here and say, I'm going to find a way to be better today. You, you want players um, that are going to, you know, they're going to find a, a, the purpose to everything that they're doing. They're going to suck as much as they possibly can out of every practice, every skill session, every weight session. Um, every video session that they possibly can. I don't know if it's supposed to be all figured out here in day one. That's not the point. Um, it's about, you know, having an environment and a setting where they're going to be able to kind of sometimes a little bit on their own, uh, be able to figure that out too. How much has your experience, again, I'm just blown away. I'm thinking about your coaching tree and I'm saying to myself, wow, you've had so many great influences in your life as a coach and there's more. I mean, you you were in the USHL. You won a Clark Cup, Clark Cup championship. You knocked off the Anderson Cup best regular season team in Sioux City. Epic, uh, you know, epic series. And you know, of course, um, you know, sad that uh, Matisse Skivlenix not not with us. But he was, you know, he was in net for for them, and he was a very tough guy to get the puck by. But your team found a way. You you then went on to the National Hockey League. So you've had these these coaching experiences at, at the at, at you know at the USHL level and the NHL level and so you've been around a lot of players and you've seen a lot of, of perspectives and how has that helped you to maybe be able to relate to some of these guys and be able to see what they're really gonna need to have and what they're gonna need to to to, to improve upon to have a chance to be at those those higher levels maybe especially Everyone wants to be in the NHL one day. To be able to to live that and to be able to to be a part of that and see it on a daily basis there for for three years and then to be able to kind of, um, you know, start working at an age level here and, and with a group of players that you know this is what they're aspiring to get to. Um, you know, I think it's it's always one thing to be able to say, well, this is what I think it's going to take, or this is what I think they do. Um, you know, and it's a different thing to have actually seen it firsthand on a daily basis, and you know, in a long season, and um, you know, so you know, I I think it's it, it definitely changed my perspective. I think you know, had I not had that experience in, in working with this age group, and you know, so I went from an under working under twenty with the Chicago Steel, which um, you know, I know we didn't barely touch on that, you know, incredible two years there. Um, you know, to to you know having those three seasons in the NHL, um, working under Peter Laviolette, who um, you know, in terms of development, in terms of how he does things, like um, I know I talked about a lot of other people, but like that's he's he's right there, high on that list of um, influential people in my life, uh, without a doubt, and uh, um, just another great human being. Was fortunate to just learn a ton from, um, and to also like in those years, like like be able to work with those players, um, you know, top players in the world, um, you know, and 
to be able to kind of see kind of what it takes for them on a daily basis. Um, like, you know, the conversations that we'd have about the game, you know, and, and kind of what things that they saw and things that they feel like works for them and doesn't. And then to be able to take that back, um, you know, to, a, to, to this group in a development model, um, you know, with some young players, it, it definitely changed, I think, my perspective a little bit, Drew, in terms of, you know, how I wanted to do things. Um, because at the end, like my job, I believe every day is to help these young men, you know, reach their full potential as players and as people. And, um, and so like, that's the goal. That's where they want to get to. If that's going to be their full potential, the, the national hockey league. Well, here's some of the things that I feel like it's going to take for you to be able to, to get to that point. And, um, you know, in addition to obviously the things it's going to take for you in terms of as a person, because, People don't realize how hard that is. Like, like, I think sometimes people say, well, you know, it's, um, you know, like hope to play professional hockey. Like, like, you know how hard it is to play any level of professional hockey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> any level, yeah. like, like the, the lowest <laughs> level of professional hockey is not easy. You don't just sign up for it. Never mind the National Hockey League, like how hard it is to make it. And that's why you see so many guys that are incredible players. I mean, like incredible, incredible players that are good enough to play in the National Hockey League. They might not ever really get to play, never mind in the National Hockey League. I mean, get to play a game, never mind a career. It's just so hard. I mean, it's the best and the best in the world and it's an absolute grind. And I think being able to see that firsthand, it definitely helps me with in terms of the perspective that I'm able to share and how I'm able to try to teach these, these young men here. I would imagine they're listening because they know they know where you came from and they know you've seen it firsthand. So I would I would imagine you have a receptive audience to to those kinds of things, those details. You talked about it at the very beginning when we opened the podcast. You talked about how your seventeen teams' habits and details have improved considerably since the beginning of the year because I think you get back to it. They don't know what they don't know. They they were the best players on their teams coming up through the years and now all of a sudden they're together and they're playing a much stiffer competition, older competition than they're used to and they have to adapt or or they're not going to be successful. So I imagine you're they've been they've been a very like they've been like sponges uh, to what yeah. you have to offer. No, they, they, the kids here, they, I mean, they're, they're highly motivated. They want to learn. Uh, they, they want, they want, you know, they want answers. They want to know how they can be better. And, and my job, my, our job as a staff too, is helping them get there. But I don't think it's always just necessarily telling them, Hey, this is what, you know, this player in the national hockey league does, or this is what he said. Like, that's not for me really teaching. Like part of it, I think a the biggest part of the job is sometimes just putting them in situations and putting them in an environment where they can kind of, you know, you know, sometimes fail a little bit, you know, they learn a little bit just through kind of the situations that they're in and then help guide them to figure out what the answers are. And I, I think as coaches, you know, there's certain things that you need to, to walk through, you know, you need to teach and you need to be able to talk about the detail. But I do think, you know, especially in the environment that we have here, I think sometimes it's also good that they, you know, they, they, they learn a little bit on their own. They learn a little bit, especially in this year here where you're playing against all these older guys, like learn a little bit through failure sometime, you know, especially early in the season. And then we're going to help guide you. We're going to help get you to that kind of to figure out what that answer is. But whenever I think you can figure out that answer a little bit on your own, um, you're going to remember it a lot better than if you just have, you know, 
um, you know, your bald yelling coach like myself, you know, just telling you, you have to do this. I don't think that really works. I don't think that's really teaching. Yeah. Does that get back to when we were talking, when I interviewed you for the Will Smith story and you were saying, yeah, you know, I wanted to get him out of his comfort zone. So I made him play multiple positions, uh, so that he wasn't just doing the same thing see how he did. Was that kind of get long? What you're talking about, find ways to maybe get them out of their comfort zone and force them to be more versatile because versatility is what's really going to help them at the higher level. No, yeah, for sure. And I think it's, I mean, in games here, like you're playing against, you know, especially the, the USHL game, the 17 year, I mean, you're automatically, there's, you're going to get adversity. Like these are hard. These are really hard for these, these guys, especially early on, but you know, you just, even in, within the practice setting, I think it's always like, try to, you know, um, put them in situations where they got to kind of solve the puzzle a little bit on their own. And, uh, and as long as there's a purpose to it, like they got to make some, they got to read and they got to think about time and space and they have to have spatial and situational awareness and they got to be in positions that maybe they haven't been before, but they're, that's good for them. Um, I think that's good for them as players and, and it's good. You, you should be, you know, I think especially in the way you train and the way you practice, like if these guys are comfortable all the time and things are easy, then I, I don't know if we're putting them in the right environment. Yeah. And how have they done with the, the adjustment? You know, it's a lot of these guys being away from home for the first time and they've got to balance a lot between the hockey, the academics and, and many of them coming from all over the country and being with guys they, they don't really know. How is that? building the team cohesion challenge been for you yeah it's been good i mean it's it's interesting it's a it's a really interesting dynamic you know here like you got all these guys are the same they're the same age too so i mean that's something that you know i it, it's 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 very different in that like you know i think when you had a group of players that are all the exact same you know they're all the same age it's not like a locker room where you know, in a coach in Chicago, you got veteran guys that are leaders coming in and they can kind of show younger guys the way it's different. Like they got to, they got to, they got to kind of figure some things out a little bit on their own. And I say that in a really good way. It's a really positive thing. And I think that it's, you know, now that I've been here for two years, I think you can kind of see where, you know, you got a lot of guys that have been um, really good leaders coming out of this, this program as well, because I think it's, it, it's, it helps with that in terms of guys having to kind of figure out, um, you know, how to lead, how to be able to help leaders, whatever it is, leading and everybody finding their own way uh, to do it um, because it is, it's hard. It's, it's, it's that dealing with, you know, you know, coming away from going away from home for the first time, playing against these older guys. You got, you know, your schedule is totally different. It's it's a it's a grind of a schedule. It's tough, um, you know, and you're doing it sometimes too. You're suddenly for the first time for a lot of these guys in their career, they're looking around and they'll be like, "Wow, I'm not you know necessarily the the the, the, the top dog anymore." Like there's other guys that are right there with me. I got to push. I got to push harder, and um, and then it's developing. You know, like coming together as a team and and that doesn't happen overnight. You know, it doesn't happen. It's not supposed to happen overnight. I think anybody that, you know, you throw a group of players together and, you know, you, we call it a team because we have to, but I mean, it's not really a team. It takes time. Like teams have to come together to be a true team. Um, you know, th there needs to be sometimes getting through some adversity, sometimes getting through some hard times, you know, putting some wins together. It takes, takes time to truly, I think, come together. And some groups of players come together and you know what? They're, they get called a team, but they're never really a team. They're not um, in, in the true sense of the word. Um, and, and so that that dynamic of how they kind of are able to piece that together has been really cool to see. And, and, I, and I, I like the group that I'm working with and they've done a really good job with that. So Nash, national, I should say national title, college, Clark Cup, championship, gold medal, world junior. Um, more to, more to come, I'm sure. 
but you're a winner. But if you could look back and, and reflect on all the players you've coached and the experiences you've had and the people you've learned from, maybe the coaches you've been around, what is the next thing you that would be the most important to you to want to be known as or known for as, as, a, as a coach? I mean, I think for me, you know, to be known as, like, I mean, first of all, the, the whole, you know, winner thing, like, I, look, I didn't play any of those games. <laughs> I was fortunate to, to be on a coaching staff with some great, a great coaching staff with some, some great players. Um, that That's number one, you know, and, and so, um, you know, I, I think for me, like, I, I think I'd want to be known as somebody that, you know, genuinely cares, you know, like it's, I hope that the players and the, and not just the players, but staff members that I, uh, that I've worked with know that I do, like I care about, um, I think I, I said it earlier, like this is a people business. Like I care, like this is, that's why this, this game is so great. And it's why the, um, uh, you know, it, it just the, the, having the opportunity to work in this game is so great. You know, they, like you get an opportunity to, to help people, whether, you know, be able to help your players develop um, as hockey players and as people to be able to help, you know, your, the staff, whether you're a head coach and helping, you know, your, you know, assistant coaches, other members of your staff, them continue to develop in their journey, um, you know, being able to just, you know, or if you're an assistant coach, being able to help other staff members, whatever it is, like, I think this is the greatest game on earth. And I think the reason we're so great, it's such a great game is because of the people that are in it. There's not a lot of bad people in hockey. It really isn't. I think the game kind of we, our game weeds out bad people for the most part, and uh, and I think it's a, it's, a, it's a game that you know there's a lot of people that really care, and I saw that going back to how we started the conversation about those people in youth hockey at Canton that helped me along the way, and, and the the relationships that you have, and I, I think you know I, I I would hope that the players and the staff members that I that I've been able to work with now and that I continue to in the future, um, yeah, they they they. they we get remembered as somebody that you know that cares a lot about everybody and they, they wants to really help uh, the people that I that I get an opportunity to work with develop and and along the way I think the product of that is you know you end up being uh, you know you got a, a groups of groups that can end up doing special things together and I've been fortunate to be a part of some of those. Well, I can think of no better way to to wrap this up. I mean, this has been a tremendous uh, podcast. I really thank you, Coach Dan Muse, for for joining us, coming on Rinkwise, because I think you know the, the bulk of our audience they, they are listening because they love the game too, and uh, they just wanna they just want as many insights as they can get, and uh, you have packed a lot in a very short amount of time, and I think again I go back to the coaches you've worked with, the people that have been around that have influenced you. Uh, wow. I mean, you've had some, you've had some tremendous mentors and the great news is you get to pay it forward. And one day there will be coaches that will be citing you as, you know, influences on them. And I can think of no better legacy to, 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 to leave. And so on that, I, uh, again, I want to thank you for, for joining us. And on, on behalf of, uh, my great producer, my, my ace, Steve Safran, Saf here. Um, it has been a true pleasure to to have you on Rinkwise, Coach. Yeah. Oh, thank you guys. Thank you very much. Um, you know, obviously, uh, uh, hockey in, in New England, and uh, you know, we got to talk about Canton a lot. Is is something that kind of that's where uh, for me and and for my wife, you know, kind of our our journeys all started in Canton, and uh, you know, continued all over. So to be able to speak with you guys, and uh, um, you know, hopefully maybe share a couple of things that can help both to 
um, to, to people back home, the coaches back home, players back home, wherever it might be, uh, truly an honor. So thank you very much. All right. And uh, on that note, we will uh, we'll wrap it up. I'll be heading to uh, Michigan here, so I'll be seeing you shortly, maybe, Coach. Um, but until next time, we'll see you at the rink. Thanks for listening to New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. Follow us on Twitter at NEHockeyJournal, on Instagram and Facebook at New England Hockey Journal, and subscribe to New England Hockey Journal online at HockeyJournal.com. New England Hockey Journal's Rinkwise is a Siemens Media Podcast.